0: Hello, my friend. Welcome back to the club. How are you today? I am so excited because I am introducing you to one of my teachers today. She is an instructor in the Quantum Biology Collective and her work in teaching has been instrumental in me connecting the dots in the Genesis Prescription, which is just my heart song for teaching the way God made our bodies to work in relation to creation. And has become the foundational template for the Christian Health Practitioner Program that Carly and I teach in the School of Christian Health and Nutrition. In fact, when I told our students in the school that I was going to get to um, interview Carrie, there was like a collective gasp on the Zoom call. (laughs) (laughs) I I was like, I know, right? I'm so excited. Um, It is her incredible instruction, insight, and ingenuity that have added such a rich layer to what I do, not only on a professional level, but on a personal level, because learning the science of circadian health and quantum biology have both just humbled me and put me more in awe of our creator. Like one of our students in the school said, she said, it's like education meets worship. You just can't help but be in awe of God's perfect design. And I owe so much of the education to this lady right here. So welcome Carrie Bennett to the Christian Health Club podcast.
1: Thank you, Chelsea. That was an awesome introduction. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Well, Carrie, I always tell my listeners that God has a hilarious sense of humor because I never in a million years thought I'd be interested in or studying or even like know what it is, like quantum <laughs> quantum physics, biology. And yet here I am just trying to get my little language arts, loving brain around these big scientific concepts and you make it so much more doable. Um, but I know that your story has taken some twists and turns along the way. So I would just love for you to share how you got here to doing what you're doing?
1: Well, Chelsea, very similar, right? Yeah. So God does have a sense of humor because I never in a million years would have thought that I would be teaching quantum biology, right? And and loving it. Um, so I, uh, how did I get into this? I was an athlete in college and. Uh, you know I should have been at the tip top shape, you know and 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 physically if you looked at me, you'd be like, oh yeah, that's a fit human being, right she's you know she she puts in a lot of work with exercise and nutrition, and yet I wasn't I had insomnia, I had chronic joint pain, my digestion was not amazing um and at, I was also having kind of like a crisis in terms of what I wanted to do with my life and when I went to undergrad i studied uh I studied biology. And I loved it. I, you know, I'm a big nerd at heart. And so I absolutely loved studying biology. But my two paths that everyone who goes to a type of college that I go to, the two paths that you're supposed to do are either get a PhD or become a doctor. And I was not called to either of those. And it just, it just didn't feel right to me. And so I basically had a kind of a bit of a little breakdown in, in my volleyball coach's office and said, I don't want to do any of those. Like, what am I supposed to do? And she said, well, what do you want to do? What are you being called to do? And I was like, and this is the first time this came out of my mouth. I don't even know where it came from. But I was like, I think I need to go to massage therapy school. And she was like, okay <laughs> go ahead like you know why not and so you know my parents were very supportive and they were basically you were like yes go ahead we support you 100 percent. we encourage you to kind of explore what this journey looks like for you so i got a job becoming as a personal trainer and opened a little personal training studio because that's kind of what i knew how to do you know i knew how to work out and i wanted to help others but in the meantime you know i learned about the body in a and and it's and it's all of its beauty in such a different way in undergrad, I kind of learned the X's and the O's of anatomy and molecules. And in um, in massage therapy school, I learned more about the flow of energy and how beautifully complex we are um, from such a different standpoint. And I loved it. Right? I absolutely loved both of those viewpoints of the body. And so I started incorporating massage into clinical practice. And you know, probably ten years down the road, I started to experience some health challenges of my own. Um, you just really, really got got fatigued, but it still had some insomnia. And, you know, I had then my first child. So my first child, he is now almost 12 years old. Um, such a beautiful experience in my life. But uh, it came also with the experience of a lot more digestive pain, a lot more insomnia, and this extreme fatigue where I described it as... You know, I'm, I kind of felt like I was sitting in a movie theater all the time, and it was a really boring movie. <laughs> and so I, you know, I was like, okay, something's got to give, right? I, I don't have all the pieces of this puzzle to my health. And so what, what can I do? And, and, and so I went back to school to get a master's degree in applied clinical nutrition. Which was a beautiful experience as well, right? I learned so much interesting things, and I started to apply things that would support my digestion, and apply things that would, you know, understand which nutrients my body might have been asking for, and I felt a little bit better. But again, I, I didn't feel like I was thriving, and, and I just feel like we all have this beautiful thriving, energetic, beautiful body that just, you know, if we just have to kind of give it the, the the instructions, if you will, the, the code. And uh, so I kind of went back to the drawing board and said, "What am I missing?" And it was I was up really late one night scrolling on your phone. And spoil, spoiler alert: I don't ever recommend doing that, but I am so grateful that I did because it brought me to the work of a neurosurgeon named Dr. Jack Cruz, and he started talking about light, and he started talking about connecting to nature and light, and how that actually had such a pro- profound influence on all of the workings of my body. And so I started to dive deep into what we now call quantum biology and how do I use light and the signals from nature to optimize my health? And within a matter of days, I started feeling so much better. I was hooked. I was sold. And it is it's become the foundation of my own health practice. It's become the foundation of what I teach all of my clients in my community. And um, I think your community would especially love the fact that I find that as I teach and get deeper and deeper into the quantum science, you can't help but connect deeper and deeper to God. Um, it's such a profound experience when you when you realize how beautiful we are and how profoundly connected we are to all of creation.
0: Amen to that. That has been my experience. You know, I kind of came at it from the other, coming at it from the other side where you know, God had just kind of put this on my heart, like, I don't know, about three years ago, this idea of the Genesis prescription that everything we need to be healthy is right there in the creation story. There's light, there's water, there's earthing, you know, or there's, you know, earth, there's plant food, there's animal food, there's sleep, there's fellowship, you know, there's movement, and it's all right there. And so I had a, you know, kind of cursory, you know, cursory ideas, like, okay, circadian rhythm and that kind of thing. But then it was really, um, finding you, which I can't exactly remember how I, I found you, but, um, thank God I did. <laughs> and, and I, I do thank God. And I, I think that was no accident. And, and it's, and then you brought in all the, so much science for me that really just, you know, connected those dots. Like I said, filled in the gaps and just came to, it just, it's like mind blowing and I'm still learning. It's, it's so big. I've, you know, shared with my audience, they're kind of familiar with circadian rhythm. I've done, you know, podcasts about the sun. Um, um, m- most of them before I found you, so there's definitely more to say. I've covered the basic concept of grounding electrons, the need to be in a net negative charge, structured water, your favorite, mm-hmm. um, and I want to go into a, those a little deeper today. Um, but before we do, can you kind of define how these concepts fall under qu- quantum physics and quantum health? I think the word quantum is—it sounds both kind of fancy and abstract and frankly kind of strange and I think this is what a lot of holistic health pr- um, health practitioners kind of refer to as the woo. You know, I think not understanding there's like the science behind it and so I just think there's a lot of confusion about what what does quantum mean? What is quantum physics? What is quantum biology?
1: Oh, it's a great it's a great question and it does. I think the word quantum almost puts up a barrier for some people. We have maybe this uh this thought that oh gosh we gotta be really really smart to understand this the anything with the word quantum and that's, that's not true i mean we, it's, it's meant for all of us to learn but i think the barrier is to recognize that when we say quantum what i mean is simply that the body is made up of a bunch of organs right we got these beautiful organ systems working together and they're all made up of cells and all the cells have their own unique versions of proteins and molecules And every protein and molecule is made up of atoms. So going back to kind of chemistry, the atomic level, you can actually go below that level and recognize that atoms are made up of electrons, protons, and neutrons. And the electrons actually interact with photons or light energy. And so we now know enough to, to say that the, we can influence the body at the level of the quantum subatomic particles. And that we can, uh, if we apply different strategies, like you talked about, Genesis lays it out pretty darn clearly. Um, if we apply certain strategies, we can actually influence the health of our bodies at that level. And so most of us are maybe um, understand that, yes, if I take a supplement or a medication, I'm influencing the chemistry. Or if I have surgery, I might be influencing. Influencing the actual tissue the status of one of the tissues or organs but we can go deeper than that to that subatomic level level and that that's where quantum biology comes in
0: okay that that's a great description um, and you know earlier you you mentioned energy and so I people, especially Christians, get a little nervous when we start talking about energy. Um, And, you know, rightly so, because we're called to be discerning. Sure. And so, you know, sometimes like this kind of woo and this energy talk, you know, can take a new agey turn, you know, for in some ways, which is why I I feel so compelled to bring it back to um, God as our creator. um, And just in presenting this to Christians, like, look, look what look at this amazing way we work in relation to creation. We're meant to have this synergistic relationship. You know, God made energy of the sun to grow our food in the process of photosynthesis. He made mitochondria in our cell to produce water and ATP for energy. Um, So I, you know, that's kind of where I want to come in on this and and make it not so um, just abstract and um, kind of scary and, and uh, like hard, you know, like hard to grasp right. sounding. Because when you, like what you said, when you come to it, it's just just beautifully um, simple, but kind of beautifully complicated all at the same time. <laughs> um, let's start with, uh, let's start with talking more about the sun, which number one, people are afraid of because of skin cancer. And number two, pretty much only associate with getting vitamin D. Will you tell us why it is so much more? like, you know, what the role it plays in our hormones. I think for me, this has been, um, huge, um, and also in gut health. I think this is a big piece that, you know, the functional world is kind of missing is the son's role in gut health as well.
1: Yes, absolutely. I will. And, you know, just also to kind of take the woo out of it and, and make it more maybe acceptable to Christians. When scientists, when quantum physicists talk about what they call the quantum field, which is basically this field of energy that extends everywhere and penetrates everything, it connects everything, that's God, right? That's God. So they don't necessarily label it as such, but that is what I am talking about in this world of the, of the quantum field and quantum physics, because the only thing that could possibly uh, <laughs> check all the boxes that describe the quantum field in physics terms is actually God. So um, I hope that maybe helps people to recognize that this is not about a either or, you don't have to pick or choose, it's just that I, I label the quantum field as as the Lord and, and it, it really it really uh, makes it easier for me to wrap my brain around.
0: Same, I'm so glad to hear you say that. Yep, that's exactly how I um, think of it as well. Very cool, very cool. So yeah, so light, right, so light.
1: You know, we've all seen light probably through a prism or through a rainbow and recognize that it divides up into colors. So as the light comes to us from the sun, we don't actually see see the colors of the rainbow shooting at us. And instead it's basically this beautiful translucent luminous substance that you know lights up our world. Um, but that light contains all of the different colors of the rainbow, which it would be what we call the visible spectrum of light. Uh, and it also contains frequencies or colors that we can't physically see. So such as the ultraviolet range or the even the infrared. Above the red color, there's a whole range of light called infrared. And it turns out that all of those colors have a biological impact or they influence our body's functioning in different ways. And what's cool to make note is that the sun and its colors that come to us are always changing. Nothing is static. So what I mean by that is before sunrise, I could take a little measuring device that could measure the colors of the light And I would see that the the light is very heavy in the red and the infrared frequencies. And then as the sun appears over the horizon at sunrise, all of a sudden the intensity of the color of the blue range of light starts to match the red. And that actually has a biological impact. Sunrise uh, kicks off different cascades in our brain, including some hormonal pathways like you alluded to, uh, because the light entering the eyes, especially that blue light, communicates to a clock in my brain that is a timekeeper, right, for my circadian rhythm called the suprachiasmatic nucleus that the day has started. And with that comes a lot of different uh, axes or cascades. So the hypothalamus in the brain can talk to the thyroid gland. It can talk to the adrenal glands. It can talk to the ovaries. And there's these communication pathways that kick off in the morning in response to those signals of light entering the eyes. Uh, and then you know the the beautiful part about the blue light as it cro- as it intensifies at sunrise, it actually continues to intensify all day long. So as the sun goes higher and higher into the sky, the amount of blue light that is coming from the sun to our eyes also increases. And we have these sensors in the backs of our eyes and on our skin for just that uh, wavelength or range of blue light. And so our skin and our eyes are continually perceiving that as the sun is rising, more and more blue light is coming to us until the sun reaches the high point in the sky. And then all of a sudden, the blue light starts to disappear until after sunset. There's no blue light that we're picking up on those blue light sensors in our eyes and on our skin. So that change in the blue light actually sets our circadian rhythm. We can perceive changes in daytime as the amount and intensity of blue light increases and then decreases back uh, to sunset. And so we key in on that. And every single cell in our body has clock genes, which means we actually change the expression of our DNA or we change the proteins that are made in our cells in response to the time that my brain perceives and communicates to all of my cells. So blue light's a really key wavelength that we key in on. But it's not just that. There also is this period of time in the morning where the sun reaches what we would call 10 degrees above the horizon. Uh, That can happen anywhere depending on where you're at between, let's say an hour to two and a half hours after sunrise, right? There's a a window of time in there where all of a sudden we had the blue intensify, then the indigo, then the violet, and now the sun reaches high enough that ultraviolet appears. And it starts with ultraviolet A. And ultraviolet A, uh, as soon as it appears, the sensors for that color in my eyes and on my skin start to do some really impressive things for my, for my motivation, my mood, my energy levels. And so when my eyes perceive that ultraviolet A, I actually start to optimize levels of serotonin and dopamine and thyroid hormone. And um, it actually influences a big chemical in my brain that has control over my appetite, control over um, inflammation and pain and a lot of other pathways. And it's all in response to the light signals, especially this, yeah, this appearance of the ultraviolet A light. And then as you alluded to uh, at the beginning of this discussion on light, eventually the sun reaches high and up in the sky, which is 30 degrees above the horizon, that UVB or ultraviolet B light is, appears. And that's the wavelength or the frequency of sunlight that when it strikes our skin, it makes vitamin D. And so there's another thing we have, right, is that we can allow our skin to get into uh, contact with the sunlight, and we can go ahead and synthesize vitamin D in many different metabolites, actually. So unlike taking it from a capsule or a a supplement, which comes in one form, when sunlight makes vitamin D through the skin, we make actually 50 give or take metabolites of that vitamin D, all of which are biologically useful in, in very key ways um you know and then like as as the sun goes to the high point we know that the day then as the sun goes away from the high point towards sunset we know the day is um and starting to end right and then at sunset when the there's no blue light present in uh coming from the sun that my sensors and my, my receptors are picking up that's when my brain says ah this is getting to the point where we're going to start to regenerate at night darkness is appearing and now it's time to get into that phase of, of physiology where we start to go into deep tissue repair. Um, and everything is changing in response to those light signals, including my gut bacteria. So we talk a lot. I'm sure everyone's talk, uh, Yeah, I, I've dealt with a lot of people who have maybe SIBO or something called dysbiosis or some imbalance in gut bacteria, but they're continually responding to my circadian rhythm. So when I sync my eyes to the light and that changes, that light also changes based on the season, the time of year. When I sink my eyes to it, they actually can change their balance in, in my gut to be able to, to be most supportive for me. And they also need, my gut cells also need to know when darkness appears because the healing of the gut lining happens at night when we sleep. And so if we're not give, getting the signal that it's true darkness, and it's time to go into repair and regeneration mode, then we are not actually able to repair and heal leaky gut or the damage that happens in the gut lining. And that can add up over time and will you know, result in symptoms such as uh, pain, stomach pains and bloating, and you actually get things like inflamed joints or maybe a propensity to develop an autoimmune condition. And we actually have the ability to repair and regenerate. We just need to give our body the correct timing to do so.
0: Ah, so well said. So I think this is important to say that blue light in and of itself is not a, is not a bad thing. Blue light is natural. It's when it's isolated it's when we get it at night that confuses the body can you explain that more
1: yes absolutely so in from sunlight in nature and i'm and with sunlight it doesn't have to be a sunny day this happens when it's cloudy as well or rainy or foggy or snowy but in natural light blue light is always in balance with the other colors of the rainbow and we're sensing all of the colors And so based on kind of the blend and the ratio of blue light to the other colors, we know what time of day it is and what to do. But unfortunately, modern lighting and from bulbs and screens uh, typically has just a very big spike of blue light and almost no red or infrared to balance it out. And that never happens in nature. So it's quite a confusing circadian signal if, let's say, I wake up at 5 a.m. before the sun rises and I stare at um, a really big dose of this blue light, this unnatural blue light. Or similarly, at night when I'm looking to regenerate and all of a sudden I I again stare at this really unnatural form of blue light from a a television or, or a phone screen it sends confusing signals. And so my brain, that, the amount and intensity of, in, of blue light in screens and bulbs really mimics more of the middle of the afternoon. So instead of allowing my body to have this natural circadian signaling that kind, that changes and progresses all day long in response to the light coming from the sun, I put my body in the middle of the afternoon, whether it's 5 a.m. or it's 8 p.m. And that's just very, very confusing.
0: Right. Um I think that's one thing that people just are not wrapping their heads around is that um, it kind of reminds me of food. The light spectrum during the day, we can think of it like eating a whole food. Like there's, you have all the vitamins and minerals all working together. There's not just, you're not going to eat an orange and just get straight up vitamin C, you know, like you would take a supplement. And so um, the light spectrum is very much like a whole food in that all of these different things are present all together and they work synergistically with the body. And so that blue light at night interrupts or prevents really melatonin from kicking in. Isn't that correct?
1: That's exactly what happens. So as soon as there's no blue light coming from the sun or from my environment, that's the signal for my pineal gland to start to make massive amounts of melatonin that both put me to sleep, but melatonin also runs all of my repair programs when I am asleep so we have to make sure we make adequate amounts of melatonin for both of those tasks. And unfortunately, when we have artific- exposure to that artificial light at night, we can suppress that melatonin by up to eighty percent or more.
0: That's just crazy. Yes. Um, I think it's one, one thing I found so fascinating is that we we melatonin is the kind of the governing hormone of the night, but it's the daylight the daytime light that we get that starts building the melatonin. Can you explain that?
1: Yeah, sure. This was was so fascinating to me as well. So as I talked about that UVA or ultraviolet A that appears in the morning and how that also, that starts to um, optimize our levels of dopamine and serotonin. Well, in the pathway that you're talking about, the way that it uh, creates serotonin is it actually takes down takes an amino acid formed from the breakdown of melatonin the night before called tryptophan and it converts that tryptophan into serotonin and so we actually have to make a big store of serotonin using that morning UVA light because then when our pineal gland starts to sense darkness it's going to convert that serotonin that we built up into melatonin and that's how the cycle goes
0: so cool the way I every day for probably 20 years, I I take a walk in the morning, um, and you know, way before I knew this, and now it just makes so much sense. Like I, I was like, oh, I didn't even know I realized I was doing such a good thing for my body because I walk outside, you know, for about an hour in the UVA light, no sunglasses, um, which is important. Um, everybody, you don't want to block the sunlight with sunglasses. Um, And so it's just such a great thing to do. So kind of let's talk about the practicals of this, because you mentioned earlier, I get this question all the time, you know, what if it's, yeah, what if it's cloudy? Um, What if I have, what if I have prescription glasses? Um, You know, can I sit in the shade? Am I still getting the effects? Can you give us some of that practical application?
1: Sure, absolutely. And so there's a couple of key times to catch the signal. So if you can't, you know, it's really not necessarily uh, (laughs) conducive to modern living, to just be outside for the first four hours of the morning. And so how do we like practically apply this and still live our lives? Well, step one, I do encourage people to block the artificial light from entering their eyes if they wake up before sunrise, which would be using something like an orange-toned blue blocker. And Chelsea, I'm sure you've got great recommendations for that, but but that's that's just so you almost like you're not starting your day with artificial signaling, so you just kind of protect your eyes from that, and then at sunrise or near sunrise, like we don't don't let perfect be the enemy of good, right? We want consistency over perfection here. Uh, Go outside, and when we go outside, it can be rainy, like I said, rainy, foggy, cloudy, beautifully sunny. And I encourage all of my clients to just sky gaze east with their with naked eyes. So if you have glasses, find a comfortable place where you could stand safely or sit safely. Put your glasses on top of your head and sky gaze east to the brightest part of the sky. If you can do this in, in a way, during depending on the time of year, where you can also touch bare feet to the earth, you get that benefit of earthing as well. And it's a beautiful time where what I, I have a, it's like such a cool ritual, right? I don't know if I, I don't know if I feel much closer to God than when I do my morning practice of gazing at the sky at sunrise with my feet connected to the earth and to creation. And I express gratitude. I've got a couple of gratitude and, and a prayer that I say, and it's the most amazing experience ever. And it does so many things that are beneficial for my body. It starts my circadian rhythm, like I said. It kicks off all those hormone cascades. And all that it takes is about three minutes. So it's not a 30-minute activity. So if you only have three minutes, two minutes, it's worth it to do it. Of course, more time is great as well. But again, it doesn't have to be for uh, for 10 minutes or hours to get a benefit. And then another key window that I love to get out is uh, tell people, if possible, a morning walk or a morning light break during that UVA window. And I have clients figure that out in their location using something called the Circadian app. You can download this app and it'll tell you with a window of time called UVA Rise so when the UVA light rises and appears in your location, it's a great time to time a walk. And this is one of those practices, it sounds like with same thing with you, Chelsea, that once people are committed to a morning walk, it almost always coincides with this UVA window of time. And this is one habit that clients are like, I never want to give this up. This makes me feel so good. Um, And it's for all those reasons that we talked about, right? When the UVA light appears, it allows so many beautiful pathways again to be supported. And so that's another key window of time. And for those effects, you do not need to have your body physically in the rays of sunlight. You can be sitting in the shade, right? You, You absolutely can. But for the one where you are making vitamin D, that is where you do have to have full contact with the sunlight on your skin in order for that process to occur. But otherwise, a lot of this can happen simply by just being outside and just interacting with those natural frequencies of light.
0: And they do not come through the window, correct? I get that question a lot too. What if I sit by a, a window?
1: Yeah, so the window is going to block a lot of the red and infrared and almost all of the ultraviolet. So the key ranges of light that we're really keying in on and the changes that happen in them are getting blocked by modern window
0: glass. Okay, thank you for clearing that up. But you can crack the window, right? Crack it open.
1: Crack it open or even a screen, right? If you have an open window with a screen, that screen is full of little holes and the light reaches through the little holes. I still think it's best because you get the full brightness as well when you're outside. But again, that's a good habit. If you can't get outside in the full brightness, go ahead and crack open the windows and get some of that light to come into your interior space.
0: Yeah. We just got to do the best we can. I'm so glad that you, know, you if you make this, we've got to make this approachable for people because if they think they have to spend, you know, 30 minutes outside in the morning and it, it's just, then it's like, forget it. They, you know, throw the baby out with the bathwater and won't do it at all. But three minutes is totally manageable. Y'all come on now. We can do this. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's right.
0: <laughs> okay. So you mentioned, um, um, also, you know, connecting with the earth that, at that time, I'm so with you. Like I have told everyone, I have never felt closer to God than when I am outside doing all these things, like getting sun, earthing. I'm like, oh my God, you're so good. I'm just, I'm just so grateful and in awe. It's just in, it engenders it naturally. It's just so, and it's it's also all that light coming in your eye and make you feel so good. Um, <laughs> but talk to us about um, earthing an electron. Like, I think this is hard for people to get their head around as far as like, how is this, how how are these electrons getting into my body when my feet are just on the ground? I don't understand this.
1: Yeah, this is like a fancy quantum physics or actually even an electronics concept called semiconduction but basically it's almost like we are a wire and the earth is electricity. And that electricity, there's free electrons from the surface of the earth that we can conduct through our human body, specifically through what's called our connective tissue or fascia and the water that surrounds it, this beautiful exclusion zone water that surrounds it. So we're just these beautiful bodies of water um, and a lot of connective tissue. And so anytime we touch the surface of the earth with bare skin, the electrons and the electrical charge from the earth can flow into us. And as you alluded to at the beginning as well, saying that we require this electrical charge inside of our bodies, inside of the interior of our cells to maintain health. And so we we were designed to be in close contact with the earth. Because all of our physiology gets supported when we do this. So we can almost, like, like the way I call it, is charge up our body with, this, with Earth's electricity when we make contact with Earth's surface with bare skin.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, if we think of our ancestors um, and just how much more they were connected to nature. They were outside all the time. They were, you know, in the dirt you know, building things, touching, sleeping on the ground, just so many ways that they were connected um, that we are not. And also we are wearing, you know, shoes that disconnect us. Tell us, let's take some practical application here. Like what, what all can we ground on? Um, What kind of quote unquote counts as grounding? How long do we need to do that? Um, just all that good stuff.
1: Sure, absolutely. So what the coolest part is that as soon as you make the contact of bare skin to the earth, the flow of electrons is instantaneous. And so instantaneously, you get at least that, that flood of some of the electricity and reestablish the negative charge in your body. Then with you, if you do it for within about just a couple of seconds, like literally seconds, it actually has been shown to have a balancing effect on the autonomic nervous system, which people might be aware of it more as like your fight or flight nervous system versus your rest and digest nervous system. They're always interacting, but oftentimes we get stuck with one side more dominant than the other and the uh, effect earthing brings it back into balance. Then also, um, we get, uh, like, let's say within five minutes, right? We actually can see an improvement in blood flow. We, we, we can see these red blood cells that sometimes they clump on, stack on top of each other and clump in a formation called Rouleau, you can see them separate and spread apart, which indicates that they're reestablishing their own negative charge that they have around their exterior shell. And I don't know if anyone has ever tried to touch the ends of two magnets together of the same pole, but they always repel because it's the same charge, if you will. They're repelling. And so when uh, when red blood cells can reestablish this halo of electrons around them, that pushes them away from each other, and they don't come into contact with each other, and that promotes blood flow and nutrient and oxygen delivery to the cells. And then you'll see in before and after thermographic scans, which is like a heat scan for inflammation in the body, you'll see after 20 to 40 minutes a significant reduction in inflammatory hot spots, such as an arthritic knee or a wound, a surgical wound that has some um, active inflammation. And this is all just by connecting our bare skin to the earth. And so what can we connect? Well, you can connect any skin. It doesn't have to be feet. Any bare skin will do and any uh, any what I would call uh, natural earth surface. So you've got grass, sand, dirt, water, all conductive. You can touch a tree or a plant that's got its roots in the earth because it is also pulling Earth's electrons into it. And then you will be able to conduct them into you. The only surfaces that really do not conduct are asphalt and then like obviously like a fake wood on a deck, but even dead wood. So if you have a wooden deck, unfortunately, because that wood is dehydrated, it has no water associated with it anymore. It's really not a good conductor to flow those electrons anymore. But other than that, all these other surfaces conduct. Um, and so even concrete or natural slate and tiles or natural stone tiles has been shown to to conduct. Or some people have cement slabs in their basement. And I've seen uh, conductivity happen. You can, you can get something called a continuity meter that measures that. So really cool that we can touch a lot of different surfaces and have this effect.
0: I know. And I always just, I say, God did not make our healing inaccessible. Like this is so accessible. It is just, I say, you know, step outside. It is your healing chamber and it's free. It's just, it is all free. It's amazing. How about, um, can you earth on concrete with like cotton socks? Like what if your tootsies are cold? Like it's winter.
1: (laughs) You know, there are actually conductive socks and I've, I've tested several, I would say the best bet is to actually get a true earthing or grounding sock, which generally has a copper or a silver thread interwoven in it because those are conductive metals. And if that's the case, then absolutely. I've also had clients get a true um, natural hide moccasin, so like a leather moccasin that doesn't have any artificial bottom or artificial insole, and that also has been shown to be conductive as well. There are also then... Companies realize the benefit of earthing, and they're, they're um, making shoes that are, uh, we're able to use even in the winter to, to be conductive. They use t- technologies like conductive carbon to do so. And so one company that I use their hiking shoes is Harmony 783. Uh, it's a good way to stay grounded and earthed in the winter when you don't want your feet touching the snow.
0: Yeah, and I love my Earth Runners. Oh, so. I love yeah. my Earth Runners. Those are my go-to's for the the summertime. Um, I want to swing back to uh, sun because I one thing I hear a lot is, especially getting out more in that UVB light, is that you know I burn so easy and I can't be in the sun. You know, or I have skin cancer in my family. Um, I'm not supposed to be in the sun. So. You know, what do you say to that? And and um, I love I, another thing that I learned from you is how you you know kind of build that solar callus and in mm-hmm. in building like from the UVA, like getting out earlier to build that. So will you explain that to people? I think that is so fascinating.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, we were like, picture this: God wouldn't put us on this earth with this bright, intense sunlight if we didn't have built-in mechanisms to be able to handle it. But what we've done with modern living is we've really changed our relationship with sunlight, we were designed to wake up to it and to get the, the rays of early morning light, which are very gentle. There's no ultraviolet light at all um, in those early morning hours, right? And so we were designed to get that on our skin first. And that has something called a preconditioning effect. It builds this beautiful water structure in our bodies called exclusion zone water. And it also supports the mitochondria inside of our bodies and our skin to be able to um, have enough energetic capacity to handle the more intense wavelengths of light. So we were designed to get those rays first. Then that's when the more intense rays appear of ultraviolet. But ultraviolet also layers on its intensity. So starting starting right now in my location, ultraviolet A appears at 8 uh, a little, like about just after eight o'clock in the morning. So again, early morning light has ultraviolet, and we're designed to capture that. And when we do capture the ultraviolet A uh, in that window, we are we have these beautiful built-in mechanisms to layer on some uh, of our own built-in sun protection. So first and foremost, when that UVA light uh, enters my eyes, when I see the UVA light is there it actually causes my brain to uh, stimulate a pathway in my skin that makes both melanin and urocanic acid. Those are two uh, things that we'll deposit in the layers of our skin and, and they're natural sun protection factors. They've got natural the, a natural sunscreen built in. And then, We get a slight pinkening of the skin as well. That's, again, from the ultraviolet A light. That's not a sunburn. It's just a histamine response. It means the blood has come to the surface of the skin. It's received enough sunlight at that given time. And then has uh, it's our signal, okay, now's the time to either put on a long sleeve shirt or go sit in the shade and not be in the direct sunlight. And then of course, by that point, that's when we can get UVB uh, on our skin. And it only takes 10, 15 minutes of that UVB light to make 10,000 units or more of vitamin D. And so small windows, small chunks will do it. And then, you know, so so, so we were designed to be in the sun. We were designed to layer it on slowly. And then when the sun sets and there's no UV light present uh, in the hours around sunset, That's, again, those beautiful red and infrared wavelengths, which are the same wavelengths found in these red light therapy devices that are very good for skin health and, you know, enhancing collagen production and um, improving wound healing. Those same frequencies are there at sunset. And that, again, allows us to maybe heal any of the uh, extra inflammation we might have uh, incurred because of the ultraviolet exposure. And we start this then early spring, And then as we layer on, we do, we build what's called a solar callus so that as the sunlight becomes more intense in the middle of the hot months of summer, we're better able to handle it. We've built up a tolerance and an adaptation to it. But that's really not what happens these days. These days, the majority of us, we just don't realize that we have this relationship with sunlight. And instead, we work, work, work all week. And then maybe on a Saturday at noon or two o'clock in the afternoon, we go outside and it's like, OK, I'm going to get all my gardening done. Or I'm going to cut the yard or I'm going to go to the beach and I'm going to gonna lay out on the beach. And we don't get that buildup of the protective factors that our body is designed to make for us. And then oftentimes, unfortunately, I hate to say this, right, but sunglasses are like a garbage or a garbage bag over our eyes. We're not allowing the right signals to go in. I tell people you'd never put a garbage bag over a plant and think that it would get all the signals that it needs to thrive but we're doing the same thing with our eyes Uh, and so when we don't get the signals that the intense ultraviolet light is there because we're blocking them from our eyes my skin can't adapt and respond in real time accordingly so yeah is there the potential to burn at that point absolutely because the light entering my eyes which is says there's no uv and it's the middle of the night doesn't sync with the light that's touching my skin so if we use the light in smart ways, the way we were designed to use it, we actually build this beautiful relationship with the light that doesn't cause us to burn, that doesn't cause us to develop this these uh, intense inflammation in response to the sun, and sun becomes healing as opposed to something to fear.
0: Mm. Yes, that's so good, so important for people to know. You're right, they're like work under the blue light um, all week and then pop out, you know, on the weekend for, you know, at noon for an hour. And it's like, yo, (laughs) that's harsh on the body. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Back up. Um, Okay. Another um, kind of big concept I wanted to, um, to get your input on here is food because, you know, I came into this with nutrition. You kind of came in through a door of nutrition as well. And food, you know, plays a huge role, of course. And when it comes to sun, I always tell people, you know, if you're on fire on the inside, you're going to burn, you know, fire on the inside, fire on the outside. So you definitely want to be eating, you know, um, healthful food so your body is not uh, perpetuating inflammation and then you're just, you know, creating a, a bigger opportunity for yourself to burn. But I think that a big missing piece of this entire health picture as the sun and and the structured water and grounding and all of these things and that when you have those in place, food is it's always important, but it's not it's it's just one of, it's to me, like I always say, you can't have food without sun and water and earth, right? So, like, it's down on the list, on the list of priorities. If you look in the, the order of the Genesis prescription, you know, um, that comes later because you have to have those other things first. So, will you just kind of talk about what you've, I know I've heard you talk about your clients that Um, you know, when you get these other things right, I think it gives you a little more wiggle room with your diet, frankly.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it it absolutely does. You know, one of my favorite researchers, uh, more into the clinical application of this, uh, uh, of of light and and kind of what I call gathering free energy from our environment, is Dr. Alexander Wunsch. And in one of his papers, he really emphasized that he believes, and I, I concur, that we're maybe only meant to derive about thirty percent, or one third, of our energy from food, and we're meant to tap into all of these other sources of energy: uh, sunlight, earthing, um, the, this exclusions on water that we also build from our interaction with sunlight. That makes up the other two thirds. And when so, basically, the body just we just need energy and signals. And when we have an adequate store of energy or an adequate supply of energy and the correct signals, we can do whatever the demands of the body are at any given moment. But when we don't go outside and when we don't get access to the the free electrons from the earth or the energy we can derive from sunlight, we rely almost exclusively on food nutrients and food uh, calories or food electrons And then that really then, you know, it's okay, but it means we have to eat actually a lot more food to to meet the demands of our body. Whereas when we use light and when we use earthing, food matters, but it only is a part of the game. And yes, I don't want to be eating a bunch of candy bars necessarily all the time because there's no nutritional value in it and it drives up inflammation. So it's actually energy demanding of my body. But I have found clients who Like, I'm the perfect example. I used to be so insanely gluten sensitive. um, I couldn't even touch a little bit of it without being doubled over in stomach pain for hours. Whereas now, I don't seek gluten, but if let's say I'm at my in-laws house for family dinner and there's a little ingredient that contains gluten in the sauce, it no longer affects me at all and it's because i've maximized other energy sources and uh, and i've also taught my body when to regenerate and heal in case i do come across an inflammatory insult so nu- nutrition matters food matters but it's balanced it has to be balanced with the fact that light and the free energy we get from our environment are very important as well
0: Yeah, and it's funny if people go back to some of my earlier podcasts when I'm just trying to like work all this out in my head, and I would always, you know, I'd say, yeah, you know, I'm coming off summertime, and I, you know, I I let things get a little bit looser in summer, you know, and but and yet I would still everything would stay the same. I bought, you know, I would gain weight or, or feel bad or anything. And it, and it's just, it's funny, this kind of evolution of putting the pieces together. I'm like, Oh, it's because I'm out in the sun so much more. I'm just outside. I'm in nature. I'm making all these connections. I'm in, you know, I'm in water and all of these things. And so, um, I think that's a, that's pretty neat. Um, and so that leads me to my next question and just really point, because I've heard you say that, um, getting Working with people, getting your kind of circadian health under control is such a big piece of the puzzle that when, that that's really the thing to do first, before you start doing all of these lab tests and um, all of this, spending a bunch of money on supplements and lab tests and all of these things is to do, to do this first. And and you've had experience with your clients just really seeing a change in, in, by doing this, correct?
1: Absolutely. So, you know, I have clients come to me and I've got a, uh, a questionnaire that I give. It's about 300 questions. And it really assesses their body's symptom burden on so many levels. And they'll come to me and they'll be they'll have, let's say, a score of 150, which is a pretty intense sy- symptom burden on their body. And oftentimes it's like, well, what supplements, what lab tests, blah, blah, blah. I always wait till at least the second session before we even talk about that. Because when people optimize their circadian rhythm and they gather the free energy from their environment and they do put these uh, into practice, their symptom burden lowers dramatically, sometimes, frankly, completely with simply doing these practices that we talk about. So then when I get them to take the questionnaire a second time, I see truly where their body might be in need of additional healing support beyond this stuff. But otherwise I would be kind of, it, it would be a shot in the dark to be like, oh, well, we got to test this, 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 and this. Cause you got gut issues, you got adrenal issues, you got vitamin deficiency. So I need a hair test. I need an adrenal test. I need all this blood work and I need a stool test. Right. And, um, that's not the case anymore because I can really pinpoint and hone in on where their body needs that added support simply after they apply circadian strategies.
0: I'm so glad to hear you say that. And I want all my Christian health practitioners to hear that because we can get so caught up in all the testing and all the supplements and and really, we just got to take it back to the basics basics here. Um, Like I said, God does not make our healing inaccessible and he has given us so much. It's just ours to receive, you know, we have to step out and receive it. Um, Wow, this has been so awesome. I cannot let you go without asking you the anchor questions, which I ask all my guests. And the first one is about food. And it is what is your anchor meal, which is just kind of your go to healthy meal that you eat all the time?
1: Do you know, I really focus on breakfast, right? So after sunrise, I'll have a really nutrient rich breakfast. And one of my go-tos is eggs and grass-fed butter and a good quality sea salt. Sometimes we'll mix the local vegetables, so it could be mushrooms or cabbage or, you know, any, anything that, you know, Brussels sprouts even that we'll get, uh, especially this time of year. And it's so amazingly nourishing and satisfying. And it really, sad, it really signals to my body safety. So I step outside at sunrise. I tell my brain the time of day. Actually, by connecting to the earth, I actually geolocate my body on the planet. Like my body can sense Earth's magnetic field and put me where I am on the planet. And then I tell my body and I have nourishment. And all of those things sync together to just kind of put my body at peace and at ease.
0: Mm, I love that. So you eat pretty quickly after um, sunrise. Do you eat within 30 minutes to an hour? About an hour.
1: Yeah, yeah, an hour, give or take.
0: Okay, okay. Um, Yeah, I think I just, you know, I'm trying to explain this to people, I try to explain it all different ways. It's like, are we have smart bodies, you know, I mean, we, we put so much faith and reliance on all these, like the smart technology, there is nothing smarter than the way God made our body. So when when people are trying to wrap their head around this stuff, of course, our bodies can geolocate and, and pick up electrons and do all these things um okay how about an anchor verse what would be a favorite bible verse or one that just resonates with you
1: yeah absolutely um you know reading the bible with this level of knowledge on kind of what i call quantum biology the, the, the it's so amazing right i'm certain chelsea you feel the same way that you're like wow there are so many clues in there with this kind of other additional viewpoint of how how what, what god is telling us um but you know one of my favorites really is uh it's actually a song based on matthew chapter five and it's we are the light of the world may our light shine before all that they may see the good that we do and give glory to god um I think it speaks so much about our relationship with light, our own inner light, and that really God is the source of it and we got to glorify him.
0: Amen to that. (laughs) Carrie, thank you so much for your time, so much for all the education that you offer so generously. Can you tell people um, how to connect with you, where to find you, all that good stuff?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So Instagram is a big hub for me just to put this stuff out. I, um, I try to get a post out pretty much every day on this type on these topics and so that's Wellness on instagram and you can also go to carriebewellness.com and interact with me in other ways i've got online courses and pre-recorded webinars and workshops and a community through kajabi where there's twice weekly q and a's where we just get to talk about all this fun stuff so if you're interested hop on board i'd love to have you
0: Yes, absolutely. And for sure, follow on Instagram because you just unfold everything so um, beautifully and make it so you can understand it, which is really helpful. Thank (laughs) you. Um, All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening. I hope you have a healthy and blessed week and I will talk to you soon.